Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. This week on the Nonprofit News Feed for June 13th. Mid-June, we're doing it. Uh, we're talking about the Brookings Institution News, President resigning as well as gun legislation on the horizon. Nick, how's it going? It's going good, George. We have lots of interesting policy-esque related stories today, so we'll dive right into it. The first one is the big news from over the weekend that Brookings Institution President John Allen has resigned after national press outlets reported that he was under FBI investigation for apparently undisclosed lobbying efforts on behalf of the government of Qatar. Now, Allen has denied through a spokesperson of any wrongdoing, but um, various news outlets reported that the FBI has filed legal paperwork indicating it's probing Allen into violations of FARA, which is the Foreign Agent Registration Act, uh, which is the law that requires the registration of anyone conducting lobbying activities on behalf of foreign governments. Um, all this news broke last week, and Allen was placed on administrative leave by the Brookings Institution, but formally resigned on Sunday. Allen is a retired four-star U.S. Marine Corps general, had a very, very good reputation in Washington, D.C. The Brookings Institution is regarded as one of the most authoritative policy-oriented think tanks. It's one of the oldest, one of the most well-regarded, and it is a 501c3 organization. Um, reporting outlets have highlighted that this is a trend. There's a lot of foreign money and influence in uh, DC policy circles, but it seems like here law enforcement's really cracking down on influence, particularly from wealthy Gulf nations. In this case, it's Qatar. There have been other instances of um, tracking down attempted influence from Saudi government officials, for example. But George, this is a big blow to an organization with potentially the most significant um, the most well-regarded policy organization in D.C., which is also a nonprofit. What's your takeaway from this? Yeah, the Brookings Institution is certainly that, an institution in American policy, an institution in sort of understanding how the, the economics and, you know, essentially policies in the United States work together. And this, uh, this brings that into question. That's, that's hard because... What you're looking at is also an organization that has received, and they say in this, Qatar has long been a financial backer of Brookings. Uh, although, which is interesting, they note that Allen decided in 2019 to stop taking new donations from the country. I don't know what really any of this means. At a high level, if I'm climbing up on the ladder, this looks like a knock on trust and the relationship of nonprofits, policy, and government and they, they follow the money. However, it should be noted that all of this is and was in terms of the money from where Brookings gets their dollars, like that's available in 990s. Like that is far more transparent than other lobbying efforts and dark money moving around. But 
uh, I think this is a note that, you know, leaders are, are expected and should be held to a higher standard of ethical operation. And you don't have to look too far, even in just this podcast, where we have talked about the numerous violations that Qatar has had on migrant workers in the uh, bid and construction of hosting the World Cup, which is, you know, let's park that and say, maybe not the best idea in the middle of a desert that reaches 120 degrees Fahrenheit in terms of planning, somebody was paid. It's unfortunate, it's appropriate that he steps down and I hope that the Brookings Institution can uh, regain the, the the confidence of the public. Absolutely, George. I think you're right. And I think you're going to start to see the FBI and news outlets are now laser focused on this. Um, so if you're an organization with lots of foreign donors, which are not inherently a bad thing, but I think it behooves these organizations to focus on transparency, accountability, and trust building. Because quite frankly, um, there's a crisis of trust, um, particularly in DC-based think tanks um, and policy nonprofits that might get caught up in, in this kind of news cycle. All right. Shall we move into the summary? Yeah, what do we have? Great. So our first story comes from NPR, and it's the breaking news that a bipartisan group of senators have announced a deal for school safety and gun measures. The operative word in that title is senators. Congress has passed gun reform legislation numerous times over the past 10 years, but the Senate, in which you requires 60 votes for anything to happen, essentially, um, has repeatedly blocked it, been dead on arrival. However, in this case, it appears that a bipartisan group of senators comprised of 10 Democrats and 10 Republicans have arrived at a very measured and I would say kind of timid piece of legislation when it comes to tackling um, the gun violence epidemic in America. But it is something and something is more than nothing. And it seems like it has a high likelihood of uh, becoming law. Um, it does a couple of things, um, includes money to encourage states to pass and implement so-called red flag laws, which uh, try to restrict gun access to people um, who may be prone to violence. Um, it increases um, funds for school security and some other kind of measures, but gun activists are saying that it's something, certainly nowhere near what they want or quite frankly what's needed to be honest but um an interesting development um that the senate actually may be poised to pass something i think the something more than nothing really has to be called up and said even more so anyone calling this weak tea we should throw it away like weak tea is better than no tea we've had no tea for 30 years there's been no movement for 30 years millions of dollars have been thrown at gun advocacy groups and there's been no tea. I'm thrilled with this wheat tea. It's far more tea than I thought I'd have. I'm going to put some oat milk in it because I'm lactose intolerant. I may sweeten it up with other things, but tell you what, this is an amazing step forward because it is actually talking about what might pass rather than the grandstanding that is, I felt happened for a long time on the left and then the no standing on the right for allowing children to run around with assault rifles that they can buy on layaway. So 
sure, we're going to get an increased amount of money, I think, in mental health support. The truth is other countries have mental health problems as well and on par with the U.S. However, we also have the gun problem. Remember, the gun problem is what we're here to do, but fine. Extra money for mental health is always certainly needed. There's also one here about, and this will you'll see dovetail into another one of our stories that you're going to bring up, the boyfriend, uh, the boyfriend clause here and the domestic abusers that are actually going to be called out that it is uh, is going to be protecting people uh, suffering from domestic violence uh, a lot more in terms of looking at closing this boyfriend loophole that includes the dating partners and preventing convicted domestic abusers from buying a gun, which is very important because that's actually a lot of where shootings happen. It's not just our, you know, assault rifles. It is also our relationship health combined with ease of access to a firearm. So there are a lot of great parts inside of this bill. And again, 30 years, nothing. It's a shame that it takes this many mass shootings to get us there, but I mean, this is this is an exciting step forward and hopefully reinvigorates this uh, potential and a framework for how you work with a left and right bipartisan, actually bipartisan bill. Yeah, George, I agree. And the article uh, quotes a tweet from Chris Murphy, who's been one of the most vocal advocates of gun reform. Exactly. From Connecticut. He was, uh, I think. Uh, the congressional representative for the district that had Sandy Hook Elementary School. This has been his number one issue for a decade. And he's he seems at least publicly to be thrilled with this. And um, yeah, I think we should acknowledge that this is potentially uh, an important piece of legislation, like you said, um, particularly around gun access for um uh, restricting gun access to domestic abusers and a whole sort of other things. So uh, I'm encouraged by this, without a doubt. This actually does take us into our next story, and this comes from CNET.com. This is a really interesting story, and I think highlights tech and the role that tech plays in society in an interesting way. And the title of the story is that a safety check is Apple's new iOS feature for people facing abusive relationships. So essentially what it is, is it's a feature on phones that for people who are victims of domestic violence, there's a safety feature called an emergency reset that allows them to essentially restrict access to um, uh, passwords and other kind of location sharing, uh, restricts access to people who may use their cell phone to to stalk, harass, or uh, abuse, essentially, um, victims of domestic violence. Um, And I think that this is an important feature that can help people um, trying to to leave abusive relationships to find some safety. And I'm always in support of tech that centers itself as being an integral part of our human lives and relationships and um, seeking to minimize harm here. I think there's so many innovative ways that tech can do that. And I think this is just one of many examples. The two words that we're seeing again is incredibly important is abusive relationship. And here's a quote from a privacy engineer at Apple. Many people share passwords and access to their devices with a partner. However, in abusive relationships, this can threaten personal safety and make it harder for victims to get help. This is literally a feature developed 
four uh, very specific and I'd say pandemic-like problem in our country as that it's clear is in the larger zeitgeist, is in you know policy and policy considerations at a government and corporate level. This is excellent. It is, a, I think, long off look, sort of, you know, what stays in the home stays in the home. We, it's not our business how people get along in relationships. And in fact, it is. Uh, there are certain things that can be done to increase the safety of people in unsafe and abusive and violent relationships. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's great to see it. All right, our next story is from Forbes.com. And the headline here is that Jennifer Lopez has partnered with the micro microfinance nonprofit Grameen America to give Latina entrepreneurs a $14 billion capital boost. Um, so Jennifer Lopez is Grameen's national ambassador um, and will mentor the organization's network of more than 150,000 women-run small businesses in Latino communities across America. Um, I think this is awesome, right? Access to startup capital, micro microfinance capital can make the difference um, to help businesses get off the ground. Um, and the goal of the project is to provide 600,000 Latina entrepreneurs with the $14 billion in loan capital um, and 6 million hours of financial literacy education by 2030, which is essential. I think the financial literacy component is, is huge. George, you're big on financial literacy here at Whole Whale, which is appreciated. Uh, this is awesome. Go uh, J-Lo. Yeah. Let's do it. I love it. Jenny, Jenny from the lock doing amazing things. I usually ignore the heck out of any celebrity, blah, 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 for the most part. I'll just be honest, but that's a big number. 14 with a B billion dollars, as well as 150,000. If I'm reading it right, 150,000 women run small businesses in Latino communities across the country. If you want to talk about strengthening communities, you do it with financial empowerment. And I, you know, Grameen has been around for uh, a long time in the microfinance world. And it's, it's good to see, especially right now. I think we have gone through a very brutal time for small businesses and a lot of shifts and, and the current market downturn inflation hitting uh, a lot of organizations and communities in different ways to see this uh, effort at this level. And this moment is, is awesome. I love it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So I did want to say I was I was thrilled we had a conversation with uh, Catholic the uh, complexity of the Catholic Church um, and Roe v. Wade the Catholics for Choice uh, president it was awesome if you were listening to this podcast feed it was really great uh, I also want to do a quick call out for our good old Hawaii University uh, we have been upgrading and updating uh, a lot of courses over forty different car courses to help you with learning social impact issues, such as, you know, finding advertising benchmarks, Google ad grant management, content marketing. We also developed this really funny AI, artificial intelligence mission statement generator. That's right. You put in the name of your organization and what you do, and it's going to come up with different variations of mission statements for you that are short, concise, and hopefully poignant. And don't worry, the computers are not taking our jobs just yet. So take a look at that, wholewhale.com slash university. All right, Nick, what kind of feel-goods do we have? All right. We have a feel-good story from K-I-I-I. -I -I. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to 
do it. <laughs> he didn't. He couldn't do it. All right, George. We have a feel-good story from KIIITV.com. And this is about a coastal fed nonprofit that offers summer programs for students with special needs. So the summer program at Choice Living Community aims for students to build on some of the skills they've already learned as well as strengthening them. Um, So this Texas nonprofit is known for their work with adults with disabilities, but has opened their doors for a summer program with middle and high school students in mind and gives these students an opportunity to focus on social, vocational and life schools life skills while school is out. And um, I'm just a big fan of programs for um, folks with disabilities or uh, students with special needs. Uh, I was a, a big, Special Olympics was a big part of my life when when I was a student and programs like these can do a world of good um, for um, people with intellectual disabilities. So this is super awesome. I also want to add, because we also have another feel-good story in here, the Kelsey and the, the founder, Michaela Connery, was a, a former guest on the Whole Whale podcast, has actually completed 115 home, 115 home development in San Jose for inclusive, affordable, accessible homes for people with and without disabilities. Just incredible. 115 homes in San Jose. Uh, She was able to pull together just amazing sorts of financing to do this community support and showing that you can create uh, these types. And it's it's really a beautiful building. uh, These types of uh, affordable and inclusive homes in even our largest cities. So bravo. There are good things happening in our country being done by good people. Michaela, bravo. Well done. That's awesome. That's That's a feel good story. Two great feel good stories there. All right, Nick. Thanks. Thanks, George. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks, as always, to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you.